hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. And here we go. Line ball to start this game. Jeremy Loblotsky and John Morassi teeing off on one another. The Toporowski is just pounding away at Robinson. These, we said Toporowski, this is the guy who set a Western Hockey League record for 505 penalty minutes. Well, it's called like it is. Toporowski's a boon. Getting closer. He reaches in a right right back. He's not that Griffin. He's just fought. Stu Griffin. Oh, my goodness. Scott Parker for the KO of Stu Griffin. He- this is one of the best hockey fights we have seen in a long time. Bush tells the linesman, get the heck out of my kitchen. All right, Dexter. He absolutely decked Jim Crate with a wild right. Bashir staggered by a big left hand. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to episode number 53 of the Five for Fighting podcast. My name is Alec, your host, and this is the show where we focus on the players who dropped their gloves and the fans who enjoyed watching them do it. Um, no guests today. Today's going to be just a solo episode. I'm not sure how long it's going to be. Uh, I do apologize. I did not get an episode out last week for some reason. Um, it just slipped my mind. I had family in town, and we were up, we were up in Tampa, so we had to drive uh, you know two hours north to go visit family because they were staying at my aunt and uncle's up there in Tampa. So totally slipped my mind. I, I didn't have anything recorded. I didn't have any guests lined up. Um, so <laughs> my my apologies. It just slipped my mind. I didn't get a podcast out. But luckily, we'll be, we'll be getting one out today, hopefully. But I hope those who are tuning in now listen to the previous episode with Jason Bone. I had an interview with him live in the Enforcer Appreciation Group. That was a whole lot of fun. Um, so, you know, you can go back and listen to that. And we had a lot of fun talking about his time in the LNH and then what it was like to compete in the black and blue enforcer competition and also the ice warriors competition that happened out in Finland. Um, you know, it's funny. I've been meaning to like, I, I, the more I think about it, the more I would like to do a special episode and just kind of get like a 20 minute interview from a couple different guys that were in the competition, you know, whether it was the black and blue or the ice warrior one. And of course I can, there's a couple guys who did both, um, Actually, I think only one of them did both. Um, I can't remember if Derek Parker was in the Enforcer Black and Blue comp or not, but I know Jason Bone was in both, and we we go over that a little bit in the interview that I had with him. But I'd like to do a special and kind of talk about it because I think it's a, a it's an event. Both of them, especially the Ice Warriors one, I didn't know that was going on, or I, I had no clue that even happened until like two years ago, and that was back in like 2011 when it went down. So I had no clue that, that was even a thing, but. I think it'd be a lot of fun because a lot of people don't actually realize that that that, that scene in Goon was it Goon Two Goon I know it's Goon Two um, that fight competition that they have where it's you know like Mel Engelstad, George Peros, Colt Nor, and the actual real uh, Doug Smith they're all involved in it. People like you know see it like oh my god that's a shit show. Uh, it wasn't quite to that extent where it was you know six on six absolute fucking melee going on, but that competition actually happened a fight competition did uh two times so one in prince albert and um or excuse me no it was prince prince george i think right yeah because it was the it was the cougars um arena that they used so it was prince george and the other one was out out there in finland so 
that that competition actually happened uh, twice. So I, I think it'd be interesting to get those guys on and talk about it. So I, that, that's something I'm looking forward to doing in the future. It would be like, you know, I'd get a guy on for like 20 minutes to talk about um, whichever competition he was in. So hopefully, Swanee, if you're listening, I'd love to get you back on and we'll talk about the Ice Warriors competition. I'd love to get uh, Dean Mayrand on if I can get, you know, like I said, just 20 minutes of, of a guy's time and kind of do like a little special on it and talk about how it was promoted and the difference in, of fighting with the MMA gloves on, some of the rules and shit like that. And of course, the black and blue comp, you had Link Gates out there. So I'm sure there's a couple Link stories rolling around and everybody always seems to enjoy some Link Gates stories. So we will uh, definitely try to make that happen in the future. Um, not too, too much to discuss every it's the off season right now. So not a whole lot going on with it, with the hockey season. I mean, everything that really happened in the off season, I think I've covered as far as the, uh, enforcer signings go and everything like that. So I, one thing I will talk about is the, you know, and I, I guess I'll hop on the train here with the Danbury trashers. Um, the documentary that came out recently, the untold crimes and penalties documentary tremendously done by the way if you haven't checked it out i'm sure you have the whole hockey it's funny the whole hockey world was like turned upside down it's all over hockey twitter um the accounts for their instagram and their twitter have just completely blown up and aj galante has come out and you know done his rounds on on interviews and everything and i'd like to point out real quick that aj did an interview with me episode number 40 back in the day so if you want to hear about some stuff we we it was funny because I knew the documentary was coming out. I couldn't, you know, get too much into it. But uh, AJ told me that, you know, um, certain stuff would be, you know, we couldn't talk about it at the time because it was all still in production and everything like that. Um, my tattoos were supposed to be in it, but I don't think they made the cut, which, I mean, it is what it is. It was still a great documentary. I know uh, Yuka, Jay out there in Finland, he was a little disappointed in the documentary, um, which, I mean, as a fight fan, of course, we all are because we want to see all the Danbury fights. But at the same time, you gotta you gotta think it's appealing to the masses here, so it's not just gonna be geared to us fight fans. But I thought the documentary was actually really really solid, and it was a whole lot of fun to watch. Um, there was some fight footage we got to see in there that wasn't previously shown on YouTube. There's a couple fights out there. I'll tell you one thing: it made one of my videos on YouTube. Not, I won't say blow up, but it was you know it'd get views here and there. And it was the when AJ and I talked about Hell's Horn, and I take that audio bit and go over some fights on in Danbury. And you can hear it in the background. And I, I have to put a volume warning out because, I mean, in the videos, the Hell's Horn that I think he said the guy's name was Big Mike is what they called him. Would bring in, it was like from a fire truck. And you can hear him go into detail about it. But it was so loud. I had to like I I had to put a volume warning out because if you are wearing headphones and the volume's all the way up, it's going to blow your fucking eardrums out. So pretty funny. I had to put a volume warning for that. But that, you know, it's, it's funny how much popularity the Danbury Trashers have gotten. Um, because of this documentary, which I think it's great. Their story should be out there. It was insane. The bad boys of hockey and um, all the enforcers that they signed and everything like that was just tremendous. So it's great that the story's getting out there. But yeah, that video has gotten, man, I think we're almost up to, like it was it was all right. It was getting a couple of views. And I, I guess I put it out at the right time because it took me, it was, that was the one video I had where, yeah, see, it's almost at 2,000 views now. It was posted a month ago. But that was the video I was having a lot of issues with with YouTube. It kept taking it down. It'd be up for like an hour and YouTube would take it down saying it was violating child safety rules or something, something stupid. And it was even after I put like this video is not intended for children and I put an age limit on it. So you had to be 18 or older to um, view it. And YouTube was still having me take like take it down and I had to appeal it. And somehow I won. I was actually shocked I won because 
YouTube is hurting a lot of the fight community right now. Um, and, well, in terms of hockey fights, of course, we're talking here. Um, you know, with when Probert was king.com, Steve over there, uh, his channel got taken down and there's no appealing it apparently. And I, another one got taken down. I forget the name. The name escapes me, but um, it's crazy. It's like, it's like, you know, history's being erased here. There was so many videos on both those channels and Steve does a great job, especially the older stuff. Um, that's what Steve gravitates to. And like, you know, the seventies, eighties, stuff like that. So a lot of fights that were in that time period, uh, have just disappeared because YouTube has taken it down. And it's very unfortunate that that piece of history is getting erased. So excuse me, I'm get a drink here. Man, it was it was a hot one out today. I walked the job site and we were just just sweat. I mean, it was like, oh fuck, we walked it from like nine a.m. to probably about eleven. Oh, just sweated our asses off, just walking, not even doing anything crazy, just walking, going over shit. Man, it's hot down here. Gotta love, gotta love Florida in September. Um, but no, so it's like, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate that the YouTube police are out or whatever. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Um, and taking down channels, but yeah, the Danbury Trashers have gained some traction, so that's really cool to see, and I, even though my tattoos didn't make the final cut, um, uh, Matt Caputo, I think that's how you say his last name, Matt, I'm sorry if I, if I pronounced that wrong, I'm not sure if you have any specific um, pronunciation on that, but I'm pretty sure that's how it's pronounced, um, and I'll get into Matt here in a second, because I got a lot of great news coming out about that too, um, but apparently he showed my tattoos to uh, Big Jimmy Galante, um, and apparently he got a real big kick out of it. Cause I, I, you know, I got the trashers logo on the leg and then I have Morassi squaring off with Tidball and, uh, Morassi's in a trasher Jersey at the time. So, um, it's, it's cool that Jimmy Galante got to see those and got a kick out of it. So it's funny how stuff just makes its rounds now. And the president of the infamous bad boys of hockey get to see the tattoos. So that's pretty cool. Um, but Matt, you know, I hope you're listening, but Matt does a great job with the mustache classic. If you've been a longtime listener of the podcast, you'll know that I promote the Mustache Classic every year. Um, I know Matt wasn't sure if he was going to do it, but it sounds like it's already got a lot of traction. Um, this will be the third year in a row he does it. And what you might be wondering what that is if this is your first time listening. And it is a uh, charity hockey game and awareness for men's mental health um, and suicide prevention. So, <clears throat> excuse me, it's run out of the Danbury Ice Arena where the Trashers played. So, of course... You know, I know AJ Galante, and I think Jimmy Galante um, gave money last year uh, for the for the cause. And it was funny; it just started off as an idea from Matt, and he reached out to me the first year he did it, and I said, "Absolutely, I'd love to help." Because um, I don't I don't say this much, but as a veteran, you know, it's really big in in the veteran community with men's mental health and awareness, and um, so that's big. That hits home for me there, and of course, in fighting and uh, hockey, sometimes you can there's repercussions for it, and uh, you know, awareness should be raised for those guys who might be struggling. And you, I know Pat Barton leads a lot of the leads a lot of the charge there. And I've had I've been fortunate enough to have him on the podcast. Um, and he does a great job, kind of ending the stigma and you know saying it's it's okay to you know have those problems. And uh, Pat's talked to a lot of people, and a lot of people have reached out to him. So um, no, it's great what Matt is doing. And you know, I when I, Matt, if you're listening, hopefully Yarwood, whenever you get that, um, every year Matt will write something up for me to read off so I can help promote it. So whenever you get that written up, just send it my way and I'll start promoting it as soon as I can, man. Um, it's great what you're doing. It's, it's funny, you know, he's just a, I don't mean to be like rude, but like a small town kid out in, out in the, uh, Danbury, Connecticut area. And, um, he's out there swinging for the fences and Matt's actually, I think last year we raised more money. We raised the most money out of all like the hockey organizations to even beat out the Anaheim ducks. 
and I think even the Devils. I, I'm trying to remember, but I know for sure the Ducks were in there, but I, I think it might have been the Devils. But insane to think about. He started this, you know, two years ago, or yeah, th- well, three years ago now, excuse me. But just in the second year, raised more money in the month of November, or at, at, you know, at the time that the fundraising was going on, managed to beat out. NHL organization. So, I mean, it's just awesome. And what Matt's doing is great. So like I said, buddy, whenever you, uh, whenever you get the script ready for me, just shoot it over my way and I'll start promoting it on the podcast here. Cause they're partnered with a lot of people. So just given an early, uh, promotion for it. So be on the lookout for that. I know Doug, the hammer Smith was involved last year. Jack Gregg was, and, uh, you know, Jack being a former guest of the podcast. So, um, a lot of tough guys getting involved out there. So it's great to see. Um, so definitely looking forward to that. But not too much going on over here, like I said. I So I did want to go into one thing, and it was a fight rule change. That is, um, let me pull it up here. It's in the WHL of all leagues, and you wouldn't think it would be in there because the WHL is like the one league that still doesn't have, doesn't have a fight limit or anything. Let me pull it up here. And John over at the Hockey Fight League, um, I know John doesn't do it anymore. Uh, you know, social media is just a fucking nightmare, so he's barely on it, which, I mean, I don't blame him. If it weren't for the podcast, I wouldn't be on any of this shit. <laughs> but, um, so, here is the rule. <clears throat> it's, it's, you know, I don't, I think this might just be rule number four change. I don't think it's rule number four in the book, obviously. But it's called Helmets During a Fight, and it says, A misconduct shall be assessed to any player who intentionally undoes his chin strap prior to or during a fight. So it's kind of like the whole elimination where, you know, it started with guys couldn't drop their buckets off the off the rip there and they would get a misconduct for it. Or no, I think it no, it wasn't misconduct. It was an extra two. I don't know if that was in the WHL at the time, but I know it started out in the AHL and it worked its way up to the NHL. And then here's the really stupid part. It says a misconduct shall be assessed to any player who intentionally tries to pull or pry off the helmet of the opponent successfully or unsuccessfully prior to or during the fight. So now you're not even allowed to remove a helmet. So now you got to hit a visor and a helmet the entire time. It's like at this point, um, well, hold on. We've got one more, I'll get one more little section for it. And it's just kind of showing when it's going to be implemented. It says the following tool, excuse me, the following two rules have been adopted for the 2021-22 WHL regular season, but will not be used during the to- uh, 2021 WHL preseason as the video goal judges are not utilized during the preseason. So it's, you can still get away with it in preseason, I guess, um, a little bit. I'm sure the refs will still notice it. But it's insane to me you know, to think that that's what, um, that's what it's kind of getting to now. It's getting worse and worse every year with fighting. I know the AHL and the ECHL has the 10-fight rule. Um, once you get 10 fights you get a game misconduct, or not a game misconduct. Once you get 10 fights in a season, excuse me, uh, you get a one game suspension. Then every fight after that is a one game suspension. And then once you get up to 15 fights, I think it's a two game suspension after that. So, I mean, uh, like, when does it stop? It's gotten so crazy. And I, I never thought that would even happen in the WHL. I know the Quebec League, uh, not the LNH, of course, uh, you know, the QMJHL came out with their crazy fight rule and they got it was complete extortion by the government to even throw that in their face so um whether and I'm sure the teams out in the Maritimes didn't want to do that either so we'll see how that goes if that's going to trickle over I know the OHL has a fight I think the OHL has a fight limit as well it's either five or ten I'm trying to think off the top of my head I might pause this look it up and see what's going on with that but the WHL was kind of the last league in junior that didn't have um, any fight limits. So it's kind of crazy to me to see that 
come out for the WHL. And it's like, you know, again, at what point do we do we just eliminate fighting altogether? You're making it so watered down. And I get it. If that's your goal to eliminate fighting, just come out and eliminate it. It's it's on its way out anyways. And I, I, I know it sucks to to hear that, but you're going to you're making it almost it's almost a joke to fight anymore. With the whole, you know, the code and everything like that, and um, the code in itself is a reason why fighting became such a joke. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way to any uh, enforcers that you know abided by it, but it became you, you became a nice like everybody became nice and buddy buddy after fights, and it made fighting kind of ridiculous to look at. Now, obviously, the LNH is a different animal. I've talked about this before um, in previous podcasts. So let me see here. I think it was, it was sixteen seventeen. The OHL um, mandatory suspension for players who fought ten times. So that's what it was. Um, so it's just at, w- at what point does it stop? Because you're, you're, it's like you can fight, but you you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that. Why even fight at that point? If that like, again, if that's your end goal to stop fighting, then just come out and say it. Just eliminate it altogether and make it a w- automatic, you know, one five game suspension, whatever for a fight. Because it just seems ridiculous to. It's almost at the point where it's like if you if you had a goalie and you say yeah you could still have a goalie but he and we'll take it back to the fifty years rules but he he can't go can't go down on one leg or he can only go down on one leg he can't do the butterfly uh, can't play the puck shit like that it's like well why even have a goalie then if he can't you know make a save so why even fight if he can't really fight and I I get it it's for player safety um, with the whole helmet and everything like that but everybody's got a visor now so you're just gonna beat the shit out of your hands. Um, and it, it's a, it's unfortunate. So I will see where it goes at the WHL. I'm really curious to see how it affects people. Um, I, I just think all these rules are just so silly now and it's gotten, it's gotten overboard where people just, well, not people, but leagues want to look progressive and look, see what we're doing. We're, 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 you know, fighting still loud. So we're, we're appealing to the, the old time uh, fight fans and older crowd, but, um, we're also taking measures into our own hands for head injuries and stuff. And I get there's head injuries and in fighting. I'm not blind to that. I've had many guys on the podcast say that they've gotten, you know, concussions from fighting. And I've had many say that they've had less concussions from fighting, um, as opposed to getting a blindside hit. They've had worse concussions from that. So everybody's brain is different when they, when it comes down to it. So everybody gets affected by punches to the head or hits to the head different, um, but it's like all these rules, it's just, it, it's, I don't know. It's, it's annoying just to see it. Like I said, you're almost trying to, it, it's just so watered down that there's going to be no point to fighting. So if you're going to do it, just eliminate it altogether. And I, I remember when the NHL came out with the rule of you couldn't take off your helmet and then they got around it by <laughs> players like blatantly. Um, it wasn't even close to making it look like, oh, okay, it came off organically. Like they would tie up. But, and that's the thing. You want to get around rules, you'll find ways around rules. So I don't know. Maybe a guy will uh, – I know like I – I mean this is my dumbass playing beer league, but my helmet is adjustable for sizing. So maybe before a fight you max it out so it can come off your head easier. Um, and, you know, you're, you hang your chin strap really low. Guys will find ways around this. They always do. Um, like I said, when the NHL came out with the one rule about the helmets coming off, guys would grab hold of each other and then blatantly take off their helmet. Like it would be, you could clearly see they wouldn't even start throwing punches until they took each other's helmets off. Um, and that's how they got around that rule. The instigator rule, 
you know, people don't like the stage fighting. You know what created that? The instigator rule, because then it became, I don't want to get an extra two minutes. And it was once they really cracked on it, like, excuse me, cracked it down on it. So that was what created that whole, the staged fight that some people don't like. Uh, well, you want to make an instigator rule and give us an extra two minutes for it. You know, if one of us engages too early or something like that, then we're going to go and we're going to square off and uh, have a fight out at center ice because that's the only way around it. And it's the same thing with the AHL and their damn, Oh man, they're they're you can't fight off the face-off rule. It's ridiculous. And I I know Darren has said it over at the fourth line voice. You know, go over and you look at the look at film or like footage of a fight since they don't fight off the face-off anymore. So you drop the puck. Okay, you've already agreed to go with the guy. Oh, drop the puck, wait 10 seconds, and then they go fight. Like it, why? What's even the point? Did that really did that really solve anything? And again, I know guys are going to find ways around this in the WHL. If they want to fight, they're going to fight. But it just—it's so—it's like window dressing. Like it look, again, look how progressive we are. We still allow fighting, but you got to do this, this, and this if you want to fight. So I think guys are going to end up doing um, potentially like what I said. I, that's just one possibility. I don't know. I'm not. I don't play hockey at a high level at all by any means. So that's just a guess of mine that you can adjust your helmet. Um, and I'm sure some people out there listening might know what I'm talking about. So I have a CCM helmet. I forget what model, but basically there's a little tab in the back and you undo it and you can extend and widen your helmet if, you're, if your head's a little bit bigger or you can shrink it to make it smaller if your head is a little bit smaller than the usual size. So guys might start undoing that and then, you know, holding out their helmet. And it's because you're not intentionally taking your helmet off. Your helmet's not off. You kept it on, right? It's just a little bit looser, but you didn't you didn't undo your, your chin strap at all or anything. So I'm sure guys will find a way around it. We'll see what happens, but it's just a goofy rule. All these rules are so stupid. Um, you could find a bunch of different rules that are just ridiculous. I even I even heard from somebody in the I excuse me if I get the league name wrong again. It's like the semi pro Quebec League the, below the LNH. I think it's like the LHSQPAAA, like AAA. I've heard they're even going to try to eliminate fighting in there. And that league actually now the names weren't quite as big, although they were competing with the LNH for a little bit. They had like Terrio and Bosse and Tice over there. Um, but I've heard they're even talking about eliminating, excuse me, eliminating fighting altogether, which at that point, it's like, well, that's what made your league famous. And if you want to try to make it legit, people are going to stop going to it. I'm sorry. That's just how it is. And you've seen it with attendance in the LNH. Like you look at a, a Laval versus Sorrell game. That was like the main event on a, on a Friday, Saturday night back in the day. It was like standing room only at that point. But you look at those games now and it's dressed like a seat night. So I don't know. Uh, with, with leagues like that especially and it's unfortunate because that's what made them special that's why that's what drove people to those leagues anyway because it wasn't just another minor pro league it was something completely different and whether people like it or not i get it and some people may not like it and you know the lnh was a fucking circus yeah it was a circus but that's what <laughs> when the circus comes to town people go to it right so i i you know i get where where the L, the lnh and the lhsqp whatever the, throw whatever value the, excuse me vowel, vowels jesus easy for me to say um whatever vowels you want in there um because i know they've they've had a couple names for it but we'll see all these fight rules are just ridiculous to me so who knows um but other than that guys not too too much going on like i said um i'm trying to see if let me see here hold on all right, we're back. Sorry about that. I had my, my dog was barking in the background. Postman was delivering something. So I tried to go grab the door real quick. Um, but no, as I was saying, so I, I we'll see where the fighting goes in junior. It's only going to get worse and worse every year. And it's already started to trickle its way up into the pro leagues. I'll, I'll, I'll be shocked if the NHL doesn't do something in the next 
I don't know, four or five years. Um, we'll see where that goes. They've already got some of the, the, the lame rules in there with the two minutes for dropping your bucket. And uh, they, they've got certain rules in place where it's like you can't fight in the last like five minutes of a game or something, something like that. Um, some ridiculous shit. So who knows? But well, that's all I got for the fight rules. Um, I'm going to try to get an episode out uh, or excuse me, do a live episode this coming Friday with, uh, you know, my good buddy, John Searson over there in the UK. I think we're going to get together and break down some, some LNH fights in the enforcer appreciation group. So hopefully everybody can gather around, gather around the campfire and we can all enjoy some, some LNH tilt. Um, as many of you know, if you've listened to the previous episodes I've had with John, we're both big Quebec league fans. So we'll probably break something down. And, you know, we'll probably get sidetracked, maybe look at European fights over in the EIHL. Um, so who knows? There's some great ones over there, too. With like, you got like McGratton and Jansen and shit like that. Um, actually, Cairns and Angelstad had a really good one back in the day, too. So maybe we can look at that one. Um, excuse me. So other than that, guys, I'll keep it really short. A nice 20-minute episode. I got, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to line some guys up. I don't have anybody lined up right now. Um I think I mentioned it before we did. I, I had somebody lined up. I'm going to try to get them back on for this Saturday, maybe. Had somebody lined up. There was a little bit of mix-up in the times there. So, unfortunately, we uh, didn't – or, excuse me, we didn't record the episode that Saturday. So, hopefully, I can get it going again that Saturday morning. It's a guy – he didn't fight too, too much, but he was involved in a great uh, line brawl between Calgary and Vancouver. And, actually, when he did fight, he, you know, he was always fighting out of his weight class. So, um, there was a couple of years he had a, a few decent fight numbers, so hopefully I can get him on again, uh, or excuse me, try to line him up and actually get him on and we can talk about it. I was going to go live in the Enforcer Appreciation Group with that one and break down the fights there and see about you know what it was like in the line brawl and uh, Tortorella being involved in between the locker rooms and shit like that. So I think it'd be a lot of fun and you'd probably tell some great stories about it. So hopefully I can line that up for you guys, but... Um, as for my, my other podcast, I'll tell you to go listen to not mine specifically, but friends of the podcast is Darren over at the fourth line voice. I know he was giving me shit for not getting an episode out. So here you go, Darren, I'm getting an episode out. I know it ain't long just to cover some, you know, a couple little things here. Um, the biggest thing I wanted to cover really this episode was those, those fight rules, with the WHL and just how fucking stupid it is. But either way. Um, go check out Darren at the fourth line voice. He actually just recorded an episode with myself and Jay from Iowa and we all sat down and broke down. I know if you listened to the podcast before or his, you know, he did the Bob Probert invitational, which is a 64 man fight tournament between a bunch of guys from the NHL. Um, and it's voted on by the fans. So every it's, it's like a March madness style bracket voted on each fight is voted on by fans. Whoever wins gets to move on to the next round until one is left standing. And he also does the minor league mayhem one. And that is the one we broke down. It was a lot of fun. We had a round table discussion. So we had the, we all had the beers going. Well, at least me and Jaded. I know Darren, Darren's ass was just drinking water. Wants to give me shit for drinking Bush apple. And he's over there drinking water. I guess it's my, maybe not the same, maybe not that far off from being the same thing. Right. But um, no, I kid. It was a lot of fun. And, we, we break down. We, we don't stay too long on each topic uh, or excuse me, each breakdown. I think we probably keep it within like mm, eh, maybe like three minutes per matchup, I guess. So it's it's not too, too. Well, I mean, it does take long because it's 64 fighters. So you got to break down each bracket. So you got to, you know, you got to think 30. Was that 32? Wow. Did that math on the fly? There we go. Um, maybe I can get my grade 10 after all. Right. No. Um so you got to break down 32 matchups and 
I spent about three minutes per one, um, three to five probably. So I, I think we, we ended up going on for almost two hours or a little bit over two hours. So um, I doubt there will be an intro for that. I'm sure if there is, you probably just, you know, give a quick shout out to the podcast like we're doing here and make sure that you guys tune in for that one whenever it comes out. I know we just had an episode this Saturday, or excuse me, this Sunday for his shit show Sunday where he went in on my ass for not having a podcast out. So go check him out at the fourth line voice. You can, uh, look him up on Twitter. You can look him up on Facebook or not. Yeah, well, yeah. Facebook too. He's finally on Facebook. Took him only took him eight years. Um, you can find his stuff on Facebook. He's also in the Enforcer Appreciation Group. Is another one of my admins, um, and <laughs> I love it. Darren's about his patience level is about like me at this point. If you if like there's any sign of stupidity with someone, it's just like fuck this guy. We're <laughs> we're gonna ban him. You just don't we just don't have time for it, right? Um, so now go go give that show a listen. He was the original Enforcer podcast and. Um, I think I pressed my lips to his ass a little bit at the end of his episode and, you know, thank him for letting me come on. And he was kind of without Darren. I don't think the show would even exist here at five for fighting. So, um, that's the one ass kiss Darren will get from you. He'll never get it again since he always wants to sit there and just talk shit. As soon as we're going live, I'm only, I'm only imagining what he's going to say about, uh, me and Searson going live this Friday. So, um, you know, Darren, I'm waiting, start, start thinking of some insults now so we can get it out there. Um, but I think he has more fun invo- <laughs> insulting the next guy, and that's Joe Lazito over at the Coliseum Chronicles, the penalty box. Um, Joe is an enforcer uh, podcast that mainly follows Islanders, tough guys, and enforcers. So uh, obviously with the name Coliseum Chronicles, it's all about the Islanders guys. So if they're in the farm system, um, you know whether they're in the AHL or ECHL team of the Islanders or they are even on the Islanders at one point, um, he interviews them and he's even interviewed a guy with the, Oh, was it New York riptide? I think that's the name of the, the box lacrosse team out there. I think it was. Um, and that was a lot of fun to listen to. So Joe, Joe does a great job. He goes very in, in depth with all of his interviews. Um, he's got a great back catalog. He just had an interview with Vern Smith. Um, I think it came out, did it come out today or yesterday, yesterday or today? Um, I think it comes out today. If you're a subscriber to his podcast, um, like on Apple, Excuse me, you get it like a day early. Um, so for those listening, if you uh, if you subscribe to all of our podcasts, you actually get it a day early. So if you you know just go to over to Apple Podcast if that's what you're on. I think that's the only time you can do it is Apple Podcast. You might be able to do it on Spotify too. Um, but if you hit the subscribe button, you actually get our our stuff a day early from when we have it set to release. Because typically, what I'll do with my episode is I'll I'll have it set to re- release the. I'll, I'll put like Tuesday at 4 a.m. Eastern time or 3 a.m. So everybody can get it for their commute to work. But you might end up getting it like that um, that Monday instead. So at least that's what they tell me. That's what I hear. So um, but both guys have tremendous back catalogs. Joe's had like Aaron Asham, Jason Strudwick, uh, guys like that. And then you got um, Darren at the fourth line voice with a great back catalog. If you want to get the trashers involved, he's had on. Um, John Morasti, and he's also had on Brad Wingfield. He just re-released the Brad Wingfield episode, but it's just the Danbury Trashers talking. Uh, tremendous stories, absolutely tremendous. And that's one of my favorite interviews he's ever done, actually, was over there with Brad Wingfield. So I encourage everybody to go check those out and give those guys a listen. Well, they're, they're assholes, but they're my assholes. Um, <laughs> but no, they do a great job. And um, if, if you like the content I have here, which one, you're questionable, or you, excuse me, you already have questionable taste. Um, and if you dabble into mine, I'm sure you'll like theirs as well. So please, I encourage you to go check those guys out. They're awesome dudes. So, um, anyways, guys, I'll leave it at that. If you want to follow the podcast, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, 
Twitter is at the number five and then for fighting pod. You could probably just search five for fighting podcast. It'll pull up Instagram. Same thing. Um, just typed out regularly five for fighting pod. You'll find it. Facebook search five for fighting podcast to be there. Join the enforcer appreciation group. That's where you could see me go live and we break down some fights sometimes. And uh, you know, you, you get to see my ugly mug. So maybe you want to, I don't know, blank that out on your, uh, your, your computer monitor, but, or your phone, whatever you're watching on, but it's a lot of fun. And actually while I may not get the most viewers on it or whatever, I do. And I do actually have a lot of fun doing it because you get to interact with, um, not only just, you know, fight fans in general, but some players at the same time. I know Swanee, if you're listening, um, you motherfucker, he'll sit there and he'll give me shit for my, my Bush Apple. Everybody, everybody shits on the Bush Apple, but I'm telling you, it's very, very good. I think, uh, I think I'm done drinking the Bush Apple for this year. So we'll be, actually I'm, I'm done drinking beer for a minute. So we'll probably switch into whiskey during the, uh, the fun live interviews in the podcast, except for if I do it in the morning, then. Well, if it's Saturday and it's ten thirty, who cares, right? No, <laughs> but um, no. So just look forward to that. Join the Enforcer Appreciation Group. I try to go live at least once a week in there. Um, I like I said, I've just been busy this past week with family coming in town. Uh, they came down from the Quad Cities, so it was always great to see them. And hopefully, I'll be back up there. Why? Well, actually, I will be back up there this winter, and I'll be visiting Jay out in Iowa, and uh, even his friend Corey. Corey and I have started talking a lot too. Um, about you know jerseys and collecting game worn jerseys, so it's been a lot of fun. I think it'll be a great time up there. So um, Corey, I appreciate you listening and interacting with me as well. And I, I think we met once up there last year. Uh, was it the year before? Excuse me. Um, when we went to the Storm game, so it sucks. The Storm don't have any games going on while I'm up there, but nonetheless, it'll be a great time. We'll just sit around, shoot the shit, watch hockey fights, and. Um, I'll probably have to get an Uber home, but <laughs> anyways, take it easy guys. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, you know, message me, let, let me know what you think about these damn fight rules. I think they're kind of ridiculous now at this point. So who knows where it's going to go in the next five, in the next five years, I wouldn't be surprised if fighting is banned. So this is all we got is podcast and video to go off of anymore. So, um, hope everybody has a great week. And whenever you listen to this, whether it's tomorrow or over the weekend, if you listen to the weekend, hope you have a great weekend. But like I said, don't forget going live sometime this Friday evening. I haven't set a time yet with John Searson for some LNH fight breakdowns. But anyways, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, rate and review the podcast. Help it grow up a little bit here. See if we can get this thing a little bit bigger than it already is, as if it, I mean, <laughs> as big as we can get it, right? So thanks for tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed, and I will see you, you next time. You gotta fight for your right to fight.